Hello, Montez Press Radio, and welcome to another episode of TNT, your favorite monthly radio show that dives into the full-length album and its importance and legacy on society and time. Uh, we here at TNT say, fuck the algorithm, listen to the whole thing front to back, and just see how it feels. Just let it roll. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Tim Lessig, with me as always, it's Ton Wynn. Ton, how are we doing? Hey, hey how's it going? <laughs> yeah, just trying to get through life. <laughs> uh, aren't we all? Well, this one, this this one that we're talking about today, I might might put a little pep in your step. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about yet another international jammer, another one that's going to rip your face off. Uh, we're talking about Amel and the Sniffers' 2021 album, "Comfort to Me." We're going to listen to part of the first track of that album, "Guided by Angels." back in and you're listening to tnt radio on montez press radio uh ton what'd you think of that first track guided by angels 
at first first impressions second impression third impressions <laughs> third listen I'll, I'll take whatever ones you want to give <laughs> uh i like it it's polished i like uh the lyrical content i like how her voice sounds so like it's a different tone that you're used to than like other female singers in mm-hmm. this genre uh it's heavy on the mid-range guitars lyrically I think it's interesting what she's talking about and it's easy to listen to but <laughs> really engaging. I don't know. Yeah. There's some energy behind it. Big time. Big time. Lots of energy behind it. Um yeah. this whole album really has it's just a yeah. it's a it's a yeah. you know, I know the folks listening to this live on Montez, it's you know, 6 p.m. on a on a Wednesday, but you know, if you haven't had a cup of coffee yet today, this might this might do it for you. Uh, it also sounds different, different streaming, right? You're streaming this from your end to me, and mm-hmm. then we're streaming this over Montez Press. So I would advise anybody who's listening to our show, who's listening to the songs, to actually listen to the album and listen to it in your headphones, because the production and the mixing and stuff is really nice on this album. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, who did that, yeah. and, and how that's a little different from their, from their first album. Um, I would go a step further, even. I would say, check out some of the footage that I'm playing live, or oh, like yeah. some of their music videos. Uh, the oh, singer, yeah. whose name is Amy, not Amel, uh, <laughs> is a fucking firecracker, man. That girl is just like, she's on fire. She has so much energy, and like it like you like literally pulses through her as she's performing it's like really uh engaging she knows she she knows what she's doing oh yeah and i don't think it's like i don't think it's a, a front necessarily i think it's like a pretty it's it feels like a pretty natural reading you know reading uh, in advance of the show today it feels pretty natural <laughs> it's wild though yeah it, it, you know some people just have a knack for it and i definitely think she has it spot on and it's only going to improve right this is like their second album yeah yeah and, absolutely you know so just listening to it and the energy take the, the song uh, it's there it's 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 i don't know it's different somehow at first i when i approached the album i was like okay cool let's listen to this and see what it is i didn't think i was actually gonna like it at first but i list it didn't it it didn't get to me to liking it until like maybe the second time listening to it honestly. right right i get that i get that i mean i had heard I'd heard of this band, you know, um, I don't know, maybe in the fall or something like that. I'd heard of them, but I didn't really like deep dive and listen to it. It's funny, much like the last album that we did, uh, Otoboke Beaver, they had played in New York, like in the fall, I think this band, Animal Sniffers. And so Mm -hmm. it's like another one of those bands that like discovered and like we, you know, we did for the show, but like ended up discovering them just like a a tad too late because I I could have had the chance to see them live. But um, I, you know, listening to the album once through i was like okay i was like this is cool and i listened you know as i listened to it a few times for the show i was like oh no this album fucking rips i love it <laughs> yeah it, it rips because it has so many familiar sounds yeah that mid 70s drammy guitar and then the mid-range guitar riffy type stuff but also like they have all the little care what i think all the little characteristics of what uh a hip like not trendy i don't want to use the word trendy but a hip and very um aware type band that like people want to associate themselves with 
Yeah. They had like yeah. image. They had like some of their branding for their branding. We're talking so like corporate right now. <laughs> their, their cover arts and stuff like it's like, oh, this fits you guys. You guys had the look, but this is just who you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Again, it feels like very uh, natural for the yeah. for them in the band. Uh, yeah. Also, some of the more wild haircuts I've seen for for a band. <laughs> all of them are yeah. all of them are mullets, but like they're all slightly different. It's it's a pretty impressive yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, she cut off all her hair on. Oh, like she a did. Recent one, yeah. She I don't looks know totally. She like in this interview, this Zoom call, like she, it was like it was a Zoom call, pretty much. Uh, she wasn't wearing like she was wearing all black black hoodie, but no eye makeup and just like kind of like a a short short bob, I guess you could say. Huh, interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so if you couldn't place that accent, uh, this band is from Australia. <laughs> um, the accent is honestly one of the things I think that sells me on the whole thing. It mm -hmm. It's not that like, you know, um, any band has this. Like a lot of bands who are actually English or Australian or New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, don't the accent does not come through nearly as much as this one. Right. Um, this reminds me of like, uh, do you ever listen to that band, the, F uh, the fall, yep. um, super, it's like kind of gothy and kind of like, uh, early eighties. It's, mm -hmm. his, his accent is like cockney and it comes through like really hard. Uh, the woman who polystyrene from XR specs, her accent comes through like really hard. And mm -hmm. I don't know, those are all like really engaging for some reason to me. It, you know, it just like differentiates itself. Yeah, no, I agree. They definitely the accents do come through. Who's the lead singer of the Sex Pistols? Uh, I feel like John Lydon. This, yeah, I feel like she. This is a compliment. I'm not like trying to compare who's better, <laughs> but she's she's the female version, or he's the male version of each other, like hmm. a reincarnated sure. version. I just don't know why. I think the range <laughs> is just right there, and let the, I think listen to like punk or like mainly punk rock i think having an english accent or some sort of accent just makes it more punk or something <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh, it's like a british punk thing or something i don't know yeah no I, I get that i can see that i can see that <laughs> it does give it the quality and tone that it needs to make it a bit more angst or something mm. i don't know yeah yeah totally um Speaking of comparison, the the singer Amy Taylor to other other folks, um, I've seen uh, Iggy as a as a uh, mm -hmm. parallel for her. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen some other ones. Uh, I can't remember who else, but Iggy Pop is definitely one of them. And like, if you watch the way that she moves when she performs, you could totally you could see it. Yeah, yeah, she definitely takes some Iggy Pop moves and some uh, Joy Division, uh, Ian Curtis moves in mm -hmm. the Guided by Angels video. Yeah. That video. I don't know if you watched that video or not, but we can talk about it since we just, uh, you know, played the song. Yeah, great video. I don't know if they were on a budget or not, but <laughs> it's it's actually like it could be a format for any band to make a video. Yeah, it, five different spots have all the band members stand there and whoever's singing just dance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and pick interesting spots that like you know the, the opening scene driving or driving down the highway with that parallel shot and her in the back just seeing it maybe the sync was off but like hey that's cool i think <laughs> you could do that fairly low budget you know yeah. and the yeah. storyline is really interesting so well the the timing and the context of when these videos were likely shot are also playing into it because 
the album was released on September 10th of 2021. And if you remember, there used to be a pandemic in this country, slash still sort of is. Um, <laughs> in other and, countries. <laughs> yeah. And Australia had a really long lockdown and a really intense lockdown, like probably more so even than we had. And I have a feeling that, because a lot of those videos are like similarly shot, and mm-hmm. I have a feeling that like the production crew was pretty small given like the restrictions around COVID and all that sort of stuff. Right, um, right, right, right. And apparently, her current uh, partner is like a videographer, so like I think he's oh, I think he's cool. the the gen who shot most of the videos. So cool. Yeah, I like that video a lot. Yeah, just very simple. I, I really like the setting and the storage unit. They're just hanging out in the storage unit, just <laughs> dancing around, and what it's obviously. You can see it obviously that the other bandmates are just talking and just standing there and just and she's just you know, just go nuts. In her own world. Yeah, she's just in her own world. Which is it cool. looks like she's like half rap battling, half like shadow boxing at, at like so when she's singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's, it's funny that you say that. Um, it's pretty amazing. I have a comment on that. I don't know if you want me to comment now or comment later, but um that roll. Well, Amy on this interview that I saw for YouTube, she's a really good freestyler. Oh, uh, freestyle rap. Yeah, freestyle rap. <laughs> so, like, this is actually part of her process. Whenever she decides what to write for lyrics and stuff, like, she actually kills all the boys in freestyling. That's what she says. She owns it. She's like, I'm actually really good at freestyling. Hmm. This says it in the video, and then she pretty much that's how she works the process out. The, the guys would be riffing on something, and then she'll start freestyling, and then she'll go back and refine it. And I thought that was just. So and you can hear it. You can hear it in the the lyrics and the timing. The timing of the lyrics, you could be like, "Wow, this really sounds very just right off the cuff." But yeah, it's a refined off the cuff. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I read that before. I feel, I feel like this is like when she was kind of coming up and before they got into a band together. That like she would get drunk and freestyle rap. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That they also and like, blow everybody away. Apparently, they also wrote their first EP. They wrote and recorded it in like, uh, I don't know, a handful of hours. <laughs> so, like, in terms of like that sort of like improvisational uh, way of putting things together. Um, so, as we mentioned, Amy Taylor is on vocals, uh, Declan Martins is on guitar, Gus Romer on bass, and Bryce Wilson on drums. Um, like I said, they uh, released this album in September of 2021. Um, on B2B Records in Australia, Rough Trade Records in Europe, and ATO Records in North America. And guess Who's who... ATO? Funny you say that. Guess who started ATO Records, Tom? If you could okay. if you could think of like a, a, a <laughs> some sort of singer-songwriter from the 90s who was like insanely Mashing popular. Guy. Close. Somewhat close. Uh, a name that I never thought would be uttered on this on this here radio show. Dave nah. Matthews. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. He, it, they apparently, it's a label that was founded in 2000 by Dave Matthews and manager Corn Capshaw. Uh, they have bands, uh, Brittany Howard from the Alabama Shakes, uh, Brandy Carlisle, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, also from Australia. Uh, Hooray for the Riff Raff, uh, the old 97s, Drive by Trucker. So there's a bunch of like pretty well-known bands on that label. Um, but yeah, first and last time Dave Matthews will ever be mentioned on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great that like 
you know, I'm not a fan of Dave Matthews, but I haven't listened to Dave Matthews since the 90s, so <laughs> it yeah. might be different. Uh, <laughs> I saw a video on YouTube of him playing at a blockbuster or something as like him and the guitar, like before he was like huge. Oh, really? Crazy. Huh. Yeah, it's floating around somewhere. Rough Trade, you know, I like Rough Trade, a lot of good bands. Our, uh, our second Rough Trade artist, in fact. Yeah, yeah that's dope. Just- Lucinda Williams uh, was the first one that we yeah. did. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, ATO, it's good that there's, you know, they've been around for a long time. I'm glad it's still going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of those bands are like, um, you know, they're not playing like the halftime show or anything like that. They're still like, they're well known bands, but they're not, you know, the biggest bands in the world by any means. Um, this just album. Add, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, please. Gonna add, I was just going to add like, none of these. It seems that Amy Taylor, the, the vocalist, and Deck Martins is they're like the two main. It seems like all the interviews are just them two. The other mm-hmm. two are just kind of hanging around. Uh, and also, this is Wikipedia categorizes this as pub rock or punk rock. Yeah. From so I'm just want to take your take. What is pub rock? I mean, would they? It's funny because they kind of described it as like um you know we play we played in a lot of pubs and like people would watch us and like you know it's it's like a party it's like you know we played a pub and stuff so like that's kind of you know it's funny because they kind of said that about uh the band the 101ers which was the band that Joe Strummer was in for join the clash they were like a pub band okay and so it's like sort of i think it's like you know sort of like you're well known it's like one sort step of scene. Up, yeah one step up from like being a wedding band <laughs> <laughs> or something. It's possible. <laughs> or a few steps up. Yeah, that's like pretty. You're funny. the local band that plays in all the pubs. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the, the sense. One. You're the best one, right? Like, so it's like hometown heroes. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, they even there's a actually I have a quote on that actually that said um, uh, Amy's talking to the Guardian on like this, you know, this idea of getting more popular throughout the years, and she says we've had heaps of support, but at the same time we've had pe- uh, a lot of people really fucking neg, as- neg out on us. Uh, you can sit at Mel- you could sit at the Tote, which is a, a famous puck bar in Melbourne, and drink until you're eighty. But I don't want to do that. I have the opportunity. I'm going to take it. So basically, she was saying like, you know, we don't have to be this just because we came from this like pub kind of like right, local right. punk community that like we don't have to mm-hmm. be in that scene forever we don't have to like stay and do the same shit for over and over again so yeah so. great there's you know, a song uh, on the album called don't fence me in that is apparently about that oh interesting okay yeah. uh, just one more fun fact i guess yeah. supposedly none of them are from melbourne yeah they're all from other different parts of australia yeah 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 okay <laughs> uh, all self-taught yeah they're highly just, motivated they They're sure high. are, because they only yeah, really it, got together in like 2016. Yeah, so it's pretty kind of crazy because when she was talking in the interview, she's like, "Yeah, I don't half-ass shit. Like, I got a job when I was 14. I don't. I want to do everything 100." Uh, Deck Martin says the same. Like, I practice a lot so that I can sound good on stage because that's what I want to do. And being in a band is cool. And Getting free shows is cool and like all these cool <laughs> things about being in a band. So like they're highly motivated to, to be good at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. They're like in their late twenties, I think, just about all of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they 
put out their first EP in 2016. And then they said just like playing shows four nights a week, like you'll get better at guitar yeah. like pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're going to book shows three, three, four nights a week, every at different venues or same venues, you're going to play to a lot of different crowds and you're going to have a lot of practice time too. Which yeah. is great. And it's like, you know, their initial sort of reason for getting together is like they all kind of knew each other and they just thought like, oh, we'd play in our friends' backyards and that like, you know, parties of our friends and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So they apparently met at a pub called the Grace Darling in Melbourne's Collinwood district. Um, so they bonded over mutual influences like ACDC, uh, Cosmic Psychos and Drunk Moms, who are apparently uh, Australian bands. Um, Moms. And they, <laughs> they take, take their name for from the Australian slang for amyl nitrate, also known as poppers. Uh, Amy Taylor compared the music to poppers, uh, saying, in Australia, we call poppers amyl. So if you sniff it, it lasts for like 30 seconds, and then you have a headache. And that's what we're like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny. That's a perfect, that's just a perfect way to describe it. You know, that's right. easy to understand. Yeah. Uh, they got signed to Rough Trade in 2018 yeah. after playing the Brighton Great Escape Festival. And then after this album came out in t- summer of 22, they were opening for fucking Weezer and Fall Out Boy and Green Yeah, they're, on a, they're, they're about to go on tour with Smashing Pumpkins and uh, some other big band. Oh, James really? Addiction or something. Yeah. Fuck. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just like yeah, that is a insane yeah. rise. It's like what six or seven yeah, years dude. plus the pandemic yeah. is in there. Yeah, and you said they played in New York at where? Where did they play in New York? I think they played Terminal year. Five. Terminal Five is still big. big That's like venue. Well, at least right, at yeah. least a thousand or eight hundred people at least. I would think, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty- yeah, I feel like Terminal Five is like the venue for anybody who who is unfamiliar is the venue that like if you're a breaking band and you're about to make it or you're you've made it to play big venues you play terminal five in new york and usually terminal five has some good like new bands that you've never heard of but can really rock a fucking show yeah yeah absolutely um, not maybe favorite venue but yeah, yeah it's also in, in the middle of fucking nowhere <laughs> <laughs> despite being in, in the on the island of manhattan um yeah. Let's play another track, and then we can talk a bit about the production and some of the some of the themes of the album. Um, so this next track that we're going to play is called Knifey.
Welcome back in to TNT. That was the track Knifey off of the 2021 album Comfort to Me by Amel and the Sniffers. Drammy. Right? It's, like, it's <laughs> technically like the only like slow song on the album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of um, uh, what's that band that we did uh, a while back? Uh, fuck. <laughs> England. Manchester. Oh, um, the chameleons. chameleons. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. The real like. Yeah, um, sort of walking along the the, the road yeah. base. Yeah, and then the drammy guitars, I call that like drammy guitars, shoegazy guitars or whatever. And then like yeah. uh her voice really reminds me of a dude from London Calling, the Clash too. Josh Drummer. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just the accent. It's just the accent. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it just makes it a bit more of that period, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It it's funny like that period. Actually how many Australian bands do you think you can name? <laughs> uh, I can name maybe two. Yeah. Cave, I probably cut copy and then that's it really. Yeah. ACDC, um, the Sonics, uh, that's like before I was like doing research for this. Cause I didn't, I, I, I've heard of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, but I didn't realize yeah. they were from Australia. Yeah. I didn't know they were from Australia either. So, um, yeah, Australia. People forget about Australia, but yeah, apparently that's like it. there's a ton. Um, uh, the Avalanches are apparently Australian. Courtney Barnett. Oh, Kylie Minogue. Well, fucking Kylie Minogue. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three. That's three. No, <laughs> forget them. about her. I can't believe. Definitely do Kylie Minogue. Can't believe we forgot about Kylie Minogue. <laughs> oh. oh, I fuck with that song. That song's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was just gonna say um, that uh, Declan Martins, who plays guitar in the band, was talking about the Melbourne music scene, and he mm-hmm. said, um, "You know, why do people in England like football?" He's like, "Making music is just what we do in Melbourne." He was like, just trying to, you know, uh, sort of equate like this idea of like the culture of Australia and Melbourne, and like that's like built into the to the city like making music and stuff like that so it's kind of interesting yeah it, it's it, you could kind of this is just my own theory but you could kind of hear or feel or figure out the health of a music scene based on obviously what bands are coming out because a lot of these venues and a lot of these cities are fostering bands like this and whenever you foster a band up to get to a point where they're internationally known that's like Okay, Melbourne, you got some shit. What other bands you got going on out there? You know, what are the venues? What's the venue like? You know, yeah, it really makes you want to go there and like experience what they've experienced to get them to where they are. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and you know, kind of reading about the band and the recording of this album, and also the evolution between the first album and the second album. I don't know if you listened to the first one. Um, yeah, I wanted to, but I just kept it's this one. It's fine. It's like a totally cool, like punk, like quick, fast, like album. But it there's nothing on it. If you like sonically and just structurally, these two albums they sound very different to me. They're both cool and they're both good and they're both like punk and energetic, but they're very mm-hmm. different. Um, different and, in what way? Hmm. Different in what way? Different, I would say, in that these song, you know, as you were saying before, like the actual like production of it is certainly improved. Um, yeah, yeah. They actually got uh, 
The album was produced by uh, this gentleman, Dan Lescombe. I'm butchering his name, uh, but he Did he worked... produce all the songs? The album. Or he produced the whole album. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he had worked with Courtney Barnett previously. And mm-hmm. it was mastered by Bernie Grundman, who apparently worked on fucking Thriller. <laughs> and also Aha by Steely Dan. So... Yeah, they got some people to work behind them. Those are it's some pretty, great. Those are some pretty big names, like for a yeah. second album. Yeah, what's cool is like you listen to the album, right? And you're like, okay, this is gonna be punk. You're gonna think like distortion and screaming and clipping and all that stuff. But like, yeah. it has all those characteristics, but not where your ears are bleeding. You can still feel the. I don't know. It just sounds really nice. Her voice sits in there really nicely. Good tone. The guitars. You could, you know, the way they recorded it, like they re- really paid attention to the analog side of it. Where, like, you could, on one of the tracks, you could hear the pedal clicking off mm-hmm. the amp, which is really like those little subtle things that kind of completes a song that you would never think about in the digi- this digital age. Yeah, they're recording an analog band, and you know, punk was one of those times where, you know, you can. Uh, we get we get lost in the digitalness of it, and this really brings out the the realness of it. I hmm. think that's what. I'm yeah, it's interesting. I feel like, you know, I feel like it's kind of one of those things where you are probably fine or like really like the sound of her voice, or it like kind of grates you. And so, if, <laughs> if it's grating to you, then like you're not gonna like any of it because like her her voice is like right. such a, a through line right. between the whole thing, you know. Right. Um, if I listen to one or two songs, and you're like, hey, check out this song or check out this song. I'd be like, okay, whatever. But right. since the homework was to do the album, <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, it fits for what the project is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like what it, it, if she does go on to collaborate with other people and or do her own stuff, you know, what that would sound like. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, um, she has been on a, she's featured in a Sleaford Mods song uh who i've i've heard that name a lot i had no idea i'd never listened to them prior to this they're like uh sort of like a weird mix of like post-punk but like sort of gorilla early gorillas late blur type of vibe but also like Mm -hmm. totally not any of that it's really strange interesting stuff um so she was on one of their tracks and also on a viagra boys track that was a cover of a country song (laughs) so um and speaking of sort of the the evolution between the first and the second album, uh, in Kerrang, they wrote mm-hmm. Kerrang magazine. They wrote um, elsewhere. Amy, Amol, Amol are up to their old tricks with songs that clock out before the two minute mark. But here, the writing and delivery is improved. Less a wrecking ball and more of a surgeon's scalpel. So wow, yeah, that's comparing uh, the first to the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see. That. I think they got really. I think in one of the interviews, uh, they were talking about how they were getting back in the studio and they really focused on like structures of songs and what, uh, how they could really piece together songs. Like mm-hmm. they really thought about it. Whereas the first one was more about what he said was, it was more about, okay, let's find out what genres we could play in. You know, we could play an indie rock song. We could play a really punk rock. Or we could play like an ACDC style song or whatever, you know. Whereas like the second one, they found their sound and they're just refining it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Spectrum Culture, a blog that I found, uh, said, unlike the band's debut, which was solid but unexceptional, there's something truly special about the alchemy behind Comfort to Me. Anyone who checked out after that first record, writing the band off as nothing more than a rambunctious pub rock retread, uh, is missing out because there's so much more to Amel and the Sniffers than we, and maybe even the band themselves, could have anticipated. Uh, the album provides its own momentum, growing stronger and better by the song. And in that way, it feels incredibly kinetic and alive. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I knowing like just knowing their inner like how they approach their work and whatnot. I think this is only going to get better. Or you know, they go do a, a recording session with Jack White and <laughs> yeah, right. Sort of crazy pop hit or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> Well, you know, the other the other big thing that people note and that I, you know, my I only listened to the first album like once, but like um, it's much it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like in that sense, like a derogatory like pub rock where it's like really just kind of about like partying and fucking around and whatever, whatever. And the themes on this one are much more um, I don't want to say the word enlightened, but like they're much more aware, you know. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Is that like a common thing in punk rock, or what? what I, this is what I wanted to ask you. Like oh, yeah? the lyrical content, twenty twenty three versus lyrical content in the nineties, eighties. You know, it through the ends, rock. Like, yeah. Obviously, there are very some very aware punk rockers out there, but I feel like they're doing it different somehow. Yeah, I mean, because this album isn't. I would not call them like a political punk band. You know, they're not. Right. They're not anti-flag or like some sort of band like that. Where they're like, our thing is that we are singing about how fucked up the world is and like, yeah, you know, right. what what's going on in the world. Um, you know, there's love songs on this album. Um, yeah. There's songs about feeling ostracized and feeling weird and strange in your own body and like, that's not you know fully political political punk stuff. Um, I think a lot of bands throughout the course of punk rock since the you know you can make the argument as early as the late 60s through today there are always bands who touch on that stuff and there are always bands who like could give a fuck and just want to like make music and party and you know the ramones never wrote a political song <laughs> and they're like you know oh. they got you know idea you know they, one of the godfathers of punk so yeah um yeah it seems more battling with the ego self yeah which is kind of on trend with where the world is <laughs> you know, kind of fit. it's like a modern it's like a new modern take on punk rock pretty much yeah yeah like no absolutely like 70s garage glam stuff all mashed together yeah um another blog that i found called the line of best fit which is a strange blog name but anyway um wrote <laughs> that taylor's observational lyrics cut much deeper than previous uh shifting from goofy witticisms challenging small dick energy to don't fuck with me at the hit of a switch uh security the, the track finds her being singled out for the way she looks and being refused entry to the pub um and it kind of talks about you know the lyrics of that song and just you know basically her means of both being self-aware um challenging you know society's expectations but also doing it in this way that's like super energetic and also like like you said introspective yeah um it's great. That's exactly what it is. And it's cool to know that all of them like went out to pubs every night of the week in their younger years, I guess. Yeah. And it's their processing 
we get、mm-hmm. to hear what they experience through this music right now. I think I'm assuming. Yeah, totally. You know, it's it's not like an album that they spent six years writing or something like that. <laughs> exactly. You、But、know, so it's like it's still incredibly relevant. Yeah, it's still relevant and still reflecting all that. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally.、Um, and it's funny, you know, speaking kind of going back to speaking about、um, Amy Taylor's like stage presence and sort of、um, mm-hmm. her, her overall vibe. Uh, she was telling、uh, another blog called the Book of Man. These weird blog names.、They、must be Australian. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Australian listeners.、Uh, she says, "I was a bit of a feral, chi- feral child. Can you tell? <clears throat> We were in northern New South Wales, where it was really hot. It was a 15-minute drive to the beach. I was pretty similar to now, full of energy. I loved running around and being a silly bitch. Loved nature. Loved swimming. Loved playing in the mud. I was a little bush kid." <laughs> and then she goes on to, to talk about like.、Um, You know how punk rock became a release for her, and she said, "Growing up, everyone I met was so calm and positive and shit. I don't know what it's like for dudes, but if you're a chick and you're angry, all you get is you need to chill. You're being hysterical. I never <laughs> got that, and in my life in general,、uh, you know, I have a lot of things to be angry about. <laughs> yeah. Then,、uh, you know, she basically goes on to say, like, try dealing with casual sexism all the time without getting a bit fucking aggro." <laughs> So some of these, she's got some like really like choice quotes. <laughs> yeah, sure. So,、um, and, you know, I I can as someone who is an angry kid, I can relate to you know the the idea of like punk being released for that. And you know, I never played in any bands or anything, but just the music itself is like a great a great release for that yeah, sort of thing. Definitely a great release.、Um, it's it's just good to know that like you could be from the the bush, the forest, <laughs> the country. Yeah, what yeah I, we're not we're not going to use that term. <laughs> Yeah,、um, and be in the scene and go to a scene that is predominantly probably male. You know,、oh, absolutely. In the video, in the video, she was talking about how like she would go to shows and pretty much they would just treat her like one of the dudes and just、yeah. punch her in the fucking face, <laughs> like put her back in the pit and all that stuff. And that's what the release was all about. Yeah, yeah. It's like、yeah. she、uh, completely like loves the energy and like sort of the chaotic, chaotic nature of punk and shows and all that kind of stuff.、Um, but the fact that she is a woman and the only woman in a band is also present on this album.、Uh, the、yeah. song we just played, "Knifey,"、um, sort of examines. And this is I'm quoting N N M E now.、Uh, examines the darker aspects of the male psyche and how women feel unsafe merely getting home in the evening. And she goes on to say, "I carry weapons. I'm kind of a paranoid person." She says,、uh, "It's a pretty hectic subject to talk about, but it feels powerful when we play it."、Um, but she says, "Like you know, all the boys get around it when we play it, and it, it hits them up emotionally." But you know, at its core, that song is about feeling unsafe walking home alone at night as a woman, which is、mm. you know still a thing that we're unfortunately is ever present in 2023.、Um, yeah, but that sort of song would not, you know. From what I understand, like would not have been on the first album, so it's another aspect, another example of sort of them becoming more self-aware and, and more present in some of the, the issues that they face. So, yeah, in her in her interviews and stuff, she's super authentic and like super genuine. Like she's not doing this for whatever the glitz and the glamour. It's like she really enjoys the connection, the, the shared experience that she says on stage and interacting and like if. She's on stage and nobody's dancing. She wouldn't be able to be doing what she's doing, or 
you know the, the interaction between the crowd and the band is like what really drives her but what's interesting also is she loves the business side of the music industry too mm. so she's a business person for the band and the whole band has a bunch of accolades too that i'm sure we could run through uh yeah. one of them is one of them is uh happy mag named her 15 uh female artists changing their game right now hmm. top 15 so that's pretty interesting interesting um yeah <clears throat> i will say that the album reached number two in australia and number 21 in the uk albums chart uh at the j awards of 2021 the album was nominated for australian album of the year uh yeah at the air awards crazy. the aria awards they won best new rock group i think <laughs> yeah absolutely. so and then best they also won at the air awards the best punk album or ep or something like that but nominated oh, yeah. for so many other things album of the year hertz got nominated for best video best live act best produced album australian music prize Australian Music Album of the Year. So just the nominations alone have gotten them to where they are now. It's a crazy meteoric rise. Um, and in that vein, I have a trivia question for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take as, it. As, as you were talking about uh, business and, the, and you know, we're talking about how insanely huge this band has gotten so quickly. So which, yeah. Tan, which of the following is true? Uh, Amy and the band themselves have walked the runway for gucci mm -hmm. uh one of their songs was used for an ipad mini commercial mm -hmm. or they've played on late night with seth myers i would say the uh what's true is the middle one the ipad the ipad mini commercial yeah it's a good question because they're all true oh damn they want <laughs> they want the gucci thing with dj khaled <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if DJ Khaled is there, but um, yeah, no, he walked the Fenty Rihanna show. Apparently, Gucci artistic director Alessandro Michel invited Taylor and the band and another performer, Danny Miller, to a five-star resort in Sicily to star in the brand's pre-fall 2019 campaign. Um, and after winning yeah. for best rock band at the Arias. Uh, Taylor said on stage, cheers, Gucci, for dressing our Kmart asses. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And apparently uh, the photographer Heidi Slimane, who's mm -hmm. apparently a designer for Celine, uh, who's yep. photographed Keith Richards and Courtney Love, also photographed them. So it's just mm -hmm. like, it's wild. Like, I, I don't know. And like, you know, it's not like one of them has like a dad who is like a music publicist or something like this all just happened it's wild yeah yeah i don't know too much of their like childhood backstory um but i think with persistence and you know a lot of practice and drive really got them to and loving what they do it's like where they got it's nice yeah oh, wait how did how did you find out about this band again i don't know um, if you got I heard them on WFMU, I think, um, okay. and heard about them basically like th through that. So, right. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of amazing. Like I'm, it's actually a band. I look forward to like hearing their next work or their show or whatever, because they just seem really fun. To, yeah. To, yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm, I feel like it could go, it could get like weirder and harder and faster, or it could get like a little bit 
more introspective and a little more produced, but not in a way that's like commercial, if that makes sense, yeah. despite the fact that we were just talking about how they had an Apple <laughs> ad. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I think they, I think they're going to do a lot more because their sound is like a polished punk rock sound that can be really heard by a lot of people and working on an album like that, whether you're a producer or engineer or whatever, it's just like, it reminds you of like what it was, you know, the sound and the energy just, it makes you imagine what it, what it could have been like listening to like the Stooges at whatever small hole in the wall. Or like you know, if CBGBs were around right now, they would they would have played CBGBs like a long time ago. Right? Yeah. No, you totally. Know? It's like the the energy is very enticing and like very attractive for the for listening to the album itself. It really like gets you like pretty pumped. Um, and there's definitely like something something there <laughs> for me anyway. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm predisposed to like really enjoy this album anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this so. is definitely your your kind of taste of music. But yeah. I enjoyed I definitely enjoyed this. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um other tunes that were happening in twenty twenty one, if you can recall those days, many they, that was at least what, fifteen years ago? Um the top singles of that year were Levitating by Dua Lipa, Save Your Tears by The Weeknd and Ariana Grande, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, which is just an 80s ripoff. Um, <laughs> Mood by 24K Golden, Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo, top albums of that year, Morgan Wallen, Whalen, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, Pop Smoke, uh, Taylor Swift, and Drake. So nothing really on the charts that sounds like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> really usually do any. We did one song that one album maybe that charted was probably Billie Eilish, but that was probably the only album. That's right. We haven't right. really done too many chart pop charting, but this doesn't need a pop chart. It's fucking good already. It's crushing. They don't. They don't need anyone's help. Apparently, <laughs> summer, this is a good summer rager day drinking, half blue ribbon <laughs> day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Um, <laughs> let's listen to a, another track real quick before we close out the show. Um, and speaking of summer and the beach and things like that, we're going to listen to the song Hurts off of the 2021 Amal Sniffers album, Comfort to Me.
All right. Welcome back. Everyone already driving in their car, heading to the beach. That's like, man, that gets you. I don't know. That song, it's probably one of my favorite songs in the album. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like it because uh, it's, I don't know what it is. It just reminds me of a lot of uh, stuff in the late 70s, you know, hmm. or like, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I like it so much. Duh. But we didn't play it. We didn't play it. But the song Choices mm -hmm. reminds me of Queen, uh, a Queens of the Stone Age song. Probably the same chord or same riff. Um, Interesting. That song has a very like uh, shout and response to like hardcore, like old school, like uh, like 90s hardcore with the shout and response sort of thing. Uh, yeah. There's like that going on in that song too. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that rock and roll blues riff in the background of that song hurts that we just heard like a lot of they're pulling a lot of things and really incorporating different sounds from around the decades and really melding it really well yeah and her her, her lyrical timing i think the timing of her voice and her timing is what really the timing is just so it's it's like being a comedian you got to get the punchline just right and the timing whenever she comes in and takes away is on point yeah yeah, totally. I mean, in the the band sort of shifts between, you know, kind of being like a like a pub rock band, kind of more general rock and roll to like hardcore to this like mm -hmm. very like twitchy, weird, like alternative mm -hmm. something or another. I don't even know. Um, yeah. But it like definitely like has a lot of despite the fact that it's just the four of them. It's it's there's a lot of variance, I feel like. Um, yeah. Most of the album was written right before the pandemic, actually, which is crazy um during the really apparently uh and i remember this actually the really gnarly uh australian brush fire season which was from mm -hmm. september 19 to march of 2020 so basically they went from <laughs> one thing straight into another um so they basically like didn't have a chance to perform for like two years because they were basically indoors because of both the fire season and insane fire season and then the pandemic so even this album was written before the pandemic it was written most of it was written like right before the pandemic and then they basically yeah, had the the rest of the pandemic you know up until they had to ship it off for mastering and all that stuff like um to continue to refine it and work on it apparently they had like 18 songs and they narrowed it down to 13 um and yeah. just like very much like really focused on the things that they liked and really focused on what they thought like the best tracks were to make to make an album which is you know as, as i mentioned before they recorded their first ep and like and wrote it and recorded it in like a number of hours so right. it's definitely a, yeah, it's, a big like, jump it's funny that you say the timing that they do work really fast i think one on the interview that i was listening to on youtube they were saying that one of their first set lists was like seven songs in like 10 minutes or something like that or like 10 <laughs> songs in 10 minutes or something like that but yeah, yeah. four of those were covers <laughs> <laughs> so like very speedy yeah yeah absolutely um yeah so i don't know it's a very like contemporary it just feels like incredibly contemporary yeah, of this time it does it definitely does have some remarks and like nods to other past bands yeah. Yeah. That I can't really think of right now, but like <laughs> it is, it is of the youth right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I and it, you know, I I don't think we're youths anymore, but it definitely makes you feel. <laughs> it makes That's you what feel. I'm saying. Like, if if I'm uh, it, this reminds me, this album reminds me of whenever I used to work at Vice, like interning at Vice, and then like all these new bands coming in and listening to demos, and this 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 was definitely like probably would have been a Vice band, like yeah. the Black Lips or like some. Man, that's super raw and really live. Just trying to, you know, get a record signed so they could just have fun and tour. You know? Yeah, that reminds me of that. Yeah, and I think why I think that's why they. It, it's kind of like an end cap of an era, almost. I feel. Hmm. Interesting. Even though so, they're like new, even though they're new for me. Sure. The way I think it's like an end cap of like a an era of music that, you know, it's all gonna change after this in the sense of like algorithmic stuff and the. You know, music producers are just one person now. But you know, if you if they keep on producing albums like this and bands like this more often than all the chart topping stuff, music is going to go great direction. <laughs> you know, and AI is not going to take over. I think it's a that's a great place to wrap it up because <laughs> one one can only hope, Don, <laughs> that AI doesn't fully take I'm over. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you seriously. <laughs> But yeah. I don't want to review and talk about an album that was written by a fucking computer. I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, all the dance music is computer music right now. So unless it's Computer yeah. World by Kraftwerk, then we could talk about it because it's a different right. story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Well, I think that's a, that's as good as place as any to wrap it up. Uh, if you if you read the reviews of this album, it gets like pretty pretty fucking glowing reviews because it because it's pretty rad. Um, and yeah, excited to see what they do next. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been TNT Radio on Montez Press Radio. Uh, if you're listening to Montez Press Radio live, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Uh, if you're listening to it on the stream or on the TNT Radio podcast feed, be sure to, to go to the Montez Press Radio website and take a look at all the archives and maybe throw them a few bones while you're there. Um, as I mentioned before, if you want to check out more of our shows, some of our back episodes, this is season four, by the way. They've let us do this for four years. Uh, all of our old episodes are in a podcast feed on Apple, on Spotify, all that shit. Um, Ton's got music on Spotify as well. Ton, what's what, what are you what are you operating under these days? T win T dot N G U I N. I have my next release is in July. Nice. So gearing up for a bunch of releases uh, of dance music. If you like dance and house and techno, just listen to me. Give him a give him a look. Take a, take a shot. Um, and next month we'll be doing uh, we'll be slowing it down a little bit. We'll be turning the knobs down, slowing it down a little bit. We'll be talking about uh, we're gonna we're gonna head towards the folk genre, and we're gonna talk about Neil Young actually for our next American episode. American folk for the f- next episode. Yeah, indeed. So we're going to talk about full for the next couple episodes. We're going to have a special guest next episode as well. So very exciting stuff. Uh, Ton, anything else to add before we call this a day? Um, you know, just send us some suggestions and write a comment, good or bad. We'll give you a shout out. Absolutely. TNT Radio NYC at gmail.com and uh, TNT.radio on Instagram. So we'll go out on one more track that we're going to play. This is uh, one of the love songs in the album. It's called Maggot. 